0: hi everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the nsl's podcast i hope you're all well who's listening once again joined by my co-host john show regular francis and we're delighted to welcome back ryan mcginley from the celtic the funder podcast how are you ryan
1: i'm doing well guys how are you he's all good
0: all yeah good. all um, good all good good mate good. Appreciate, appreciate you coming back onto the show it's going to be a great one tonight but we'll have to start with a bit of a sad note tonight now that's the passing of charlie gallagher a celtic legend part of the lisbon land team and we at the NSL's podcast just want to pass on our prayers, our thoughts with Charlie's family and his friends and extended family circle at this sad time. By all accounts, he was a much loved player in that era, a fantastic crossover of the ball, as many people have said today anyway. And we just want to pass on our thoughts and prayers to his family. Night. We'll move on and we'll go to the first port of call, which is the preseason. And Selby so picked their second game against Tartan Athletic, which we won two one. Carmo go the belly scored and Albinielli. Now, what I've seen in, in a couple of games, I've anyway, seen, I've seen the takeholds of Postacoglu's style starting to come through in regards to high pressing. Brian, And come to yourself first on this subject. Before we go on, to will see players who might, might have impressed, or who might take hold in terms of first team players. Anyway, what impressed you about the game overall?
1: Um, I would say the the style of football overall is night and day to what we were watching last season, and I know that's a very it's a very low, low bar that we've set, but um, I, I just see that the football has been a, a far more entertaining than what it was last season. Um, the passing, interplay between the midfielders and strikers, um, the, the reluctance of going back the way as well is really, really encouraging. Seeing the, the guys look so confident after only a couple of weeks under Postacoglu, it definitely is. It bodes well for the future if this is what they're like after three, four weeks of training. I mean, what are they going to be like after three, four months of training? They're going to be settled and, and looking good. So yeah, I, I thought we played well. I think the game the game was a, a tale of two halves really, because I thought the second half was a bit rubbish, but the first half was brilliant. Some of the football we were playing was was so much better than last season, and a couple of players really really stood out. But it was a good first half performance and a good win. It's good to get good to get in the habit of winning games again, so I can't really complain.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm much in agreement with yourself because. The way the game looked to me anyway especially in the first half we were high pressing high intent i know the second half kind of tailed off and a few players came in which we'll talk about later to kind of feel the impress again but come to yourself John, what's your overwhelming take so far with the pre-season games i'm happy
2: with it man this like ryan said as well is you're seeing early signs obviously the way that Ange wants to play and i mean it's still very early days um and like he says uh, where we're going to be in a couple of months compared to where we are now it's going to be night and day but it's definitely i'm impressed with what i'm seeing so far uh, and like ryan said as well there that it was a tale of two halves essentially the first half was i thought was really really good we played some really good high pressing football like you said high intensity, um, high intensity. Yeah. and we, we were like a uh, I thought that the players that stepped in as well were fantastic Um, and I think a lot of these, the the guys that played that first half are going to be sort of mainstays in the first team going forward. Um, Two well-taken goals as well Um, and but yeah the second half was a wee bit more chaotic, it was a wee bit out of the place but bearing in mind these guys as well, a lot of these guys are no played football for months and months so it's like they'll still be shaking a bit of rust as well and as I say they're still they're still get buying into this uh, particular style of football that Ange wants them playing so it's going to take time so I'm not taking too much for it at the minute but uh, it's good to go off to a winning start and that's two in the trot so I'm pleased with that.
0: Two and two, 100% in the pre-season, much to get excited about isn't it? <laughs> no but coming to you yourself Francis, now before we get on to the talking point what we're speaking about, we have some great news to celebrate on the NSL's podcast and that's the news of you and your partner then that are expecting a baby, and we had the ourselves podcast. We've all became friends, especially through this, especially me and you guys. We just want to pass on our sincere congratulations and the best of luck to the arrival into your family. Now, another thing as well, Terry, Francis' dad, you'll be listening, and this will be the first time you'll be hearing of this news. So what I'll say to yourself is maybe pause the po- podcast now. <laughs> go to your dad, go to yourself a couple of tea. Chill out, relax and digest the brilliant news that your son Francis is about to welcome a child into the world. Now, Franny, congratulations. How are you feeling?
3: Oh, mate. Well, breaking it. But I mean, I've already got a kid, but still all it. It was just totally unexpected. Totally unexpected. Yeah. But we'll get there. We'll deal with it. I've got Fantastic. to, I guess, say. But cheers <laughs> anyway. Cheers anyway.
0: Don't no, no man. But what's your thoughts on pre-season so far?
3: Yeah, well, I've due to obviously working stuff. I've not actually caught managed to catch the games live but I've seen snippets of them and read up so and it's it's good to see that you can see in the goals that it's we're winning the, the ball high up the park and stuff and when it maybe be scoring with a quick sharp pass and so you can see early signs of Postacoglu's sort of a way of playing or how he wants to play and as we've touched on before usually you maybe not expect any stealth to sort of be implemented till maybe twelve months' because 'cause you've got to get the players to buy in it. But they seem to be off off the bat, just kinda of, they're buying in it and obviously. Yeah, it's pre season, you can't read too much into it and stuff, but it's good to get off to winning starts because if we're wanting at Celtic you don't get really time if you like, and especially Post the Cogley's sort of an unknown where is, but that could be ignorance, to be fair. So I think you really need to try and get off to winning starts and playing the foot, it will help you believe in the system. So, yeah, it's it, it's positive, I would say, just to try and build up momentum and as I say, but uh, buy into the way Postacoglu wants to play. Because if he does try to implement this style, then you're not getting results. It's it's hard to kind of keep pushing it. Maybe in the players, so if they're seeing instant results, it's they maybe buy into it a bit quicker. And we can, like Ryan and John said, we it's maybe a couple of months down the line. And you're you're flying.
0: I think it's more like, it has to has to stick. The style has to come quickly because we've got so much coming, especially yeah. with the game coming in, in the horizon as well, Francis. And coming to yourself, Ren, in terms of the style, we'll talk a wee bit about that. Now, the first goal, Dembele did brilliantly. He, he cut in from the right-hand side. Granted, there was confusion in the box. Obviously, the, the lane was packed and up, but he managed to find he managed to find the finish. And then the second goal was great play down the right-hand side again. Dembele was involved. The wee flick around the corner for Ralston and across in the box in the Yeti. Brilliant finish with a header, by the way, because he had to put all the power in that because there was no power mm. in the cross. But are you seeing? Because in the first game anyway against Sheffield you've seen that high press. The the backs were kind of coming in the midfield, creating, creating more midfielders to a certain extent, kind of packing that middle middle of the the road area. Well, what's your opinion so far on the style that you're seeing?
1: Yeah, I I personally really enjoy the the style of play that we're playing so far. It's definitely more entertaining to watch, um, even two games in. I think. I think a good example was, again, Sheffield Wednesday, I counted six or seven times, that Liam Shaw, who is a new signing that's just came in the door three, four weeks, was winning the ball back in the midfield, like, that's that's so good, it, it bodes well for the future that guys are buying into this this sort of philosophy and this idea of playing, but it's it's definitely more interesting to watch, I mean, you've got guys like Karim Okudembele and Ayeti that are already that were, kinda, they, they were definitely on the fringes last season that are already buying into these ideas, so it, it certainly bodes well for the team if we get guys like this start coming into the team and showing that they can, that that they do belong in the team, that and that they've always been there. It's just they weren't necessarily played last season. I mean, I don't know about yous, but Carimbo could Dembele could have played at least twenty five games for us last season, no problem. So I don't exactly. know why he was out yeah. the coach for so long. Yeah, no, I 10%. agree.
0: I think as well that you're you're right to say this style will suit the legs of Dembele, the suit, suit the legs of Vielly Turnbull as well because. It's all about the attack and flower. I, can't, I think it was Turnbull said in one of his interviews about Postal Code, he said that the, the, the boss just wants us to express ourselves and not so much worry about mistakes, but as long as, as that reaction is right in terms of winning the ball back, which I think is great because I think a lot of the players last season kind of fell stale, John. And it was like, it was just say to say back, back to front, and it wasn't really going anywhere, especially when you're going forward. You need to have that creative spark, it felt like. And I thought looking at the game, in terms of the high press and energy state in the first half, anyway, as we talked about, the second half was a bit, bit crap to be honest. But it, it was excellent to see the players were playing with that smile on their face, that freedom that Pascale Cogno's told them to go play with, wasn't
2: it? Oh, definitely, and you can you can see just in the way the guys are looking and the way they're playing that they're enjoying it as themselves as well. Um, I just want to touch on uh, Shaw, by the way, because mm-hmm. I know there's only been a couple of games we've seen him in, but. He looks a player, and I've been really impressed with his work rate, like, in that sort of midfield role. And hes, he's like like—he—he he, he seems like he's—he's he's going to fit into this team really, really well. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's starting like most games during the regular season, because I think that's a kind of player we've no heard for a while. Um, it, it just seems like something. It's just, last season, we kind of missed it a wee bit. I know we had to like say, uh, you. Your Scott Browns and that and sort of, but we weren't we never really had a proper like sort of holding midfielder. Which sh- shocking, it reminds me somebody who can sort of bring, break, play up a bit, bring the ball forward a wee bit, box to box. So mm-hmm. I think it's something that, you know, like I said, I'm really impressed with how he's playing. But I think that other guys are going to thrive under that system that like you said. bailey looks like he's a player who who can. Who can definitely do some damage and i agree with what ryan was saying he could have easily played most of the games last season and we were screaming on, on this podcast as well we were screaming for him to start numerous times because we were we, we, we had absolutely no width for the majority of that season and we, you, we were always asking ourselves why are we not utilizing these guys with no forest but dembele was just sitting there in the cold so i'd like to see him obviously play a, bit, a bigger part as well but i think the other guys that could thrive under it um especially, he's got a knife for a pass he'll be able to sort of break the lines and, and get the ball in behind the defence and stuff as well So, I, I'm de- I'm really, really excited uh, for the upcoming season and watching how this develops because as I say, his early signs are positive and um, yeah. I'm really enjoying that
0: I think it's a bit naive of us obviously to get all excited about pre-season but it's refreshing, Francis isn't it, to see the way Celtic are playing I mean, Ram made a brilliant point in terms of the Sheffield Wednesday game, Liam Shaw won the ball seven times high up the pitch and eventually one of them when he won the ball led to a goal from Albany Yeti. But much was the same in the first half of this game against Charton as well. It was all about pen, pen in the back. At one point at points of that game, Barkas was playing firstly on the centre circle. <laughs> and there, there's been much that people saying that it's high risk and I mean high risk, high reward. Is that isn't that the same? But can I just say
2: it- as well about that Barkas carry on? I think we all Go. seen with Scotland's Euro performances and Marshall's mistake, the keeper should be kind of sitting back. And I'm For just looking to price that. Barca yeah. if he is our first choice keeper going forward. Doesn't he feel the need to get that far up the park? Because the last thing we need him doing is making mistakes.
0: I uh, but on, on on that point, Francis, what's your opinion on, on the overall kind of style that you're seeing so far?
3: Yeah, it's just like uh, Ryan and Johnson. It's very promising because it's it's fast, it's attacking. And like, you say if Tumbles' interview was telling just being saying that we've been told to. Take risks and stuff, don't be scared of the risk. Because if you're if you're scared of making a mistake, like fans weren't in the game you can sometimes make excuses for players when fans are in the game, if things are not going well, they might choose the easy pass because they don't want the fans getting on their back. But last season there was no fans that had to go on their back. So if you're if there's no fans on the ground and you're to make, take a risk, then you're in bother. But I, I do feel you shouldn't be scared to to make that risk because if you're confident that you're not the manager's not got to be on your case as such, if you play out one or two bad passes, as long as you're trying to play that colour pass or you're trying to express yourself, then I think that's that's a positive. But well, more often or not, it'll come off because you'll build confidence. You're playing how you want to play, if you like. So, yeah, it's just as long, like I say, the pre-season game, that. just as long as you just keep winning these games and then the players will buy into it because it seems, like you say, Ayeti yeah, it seems has started off good, so, and Liam Shaw, so... He just want these players to try and buy in it as well as the kid. results help that in the way, if you're playing, running it back high up the park and that's the way they want to play. It's, it helps everything come a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. I
0: agree. I just want to focus on a few players, individuals. And the first one I want to come to is Albany Eddy, John. And for me, 2-2, two two, yes, it's pre-season, but he's proven again that he can score goals. He's, he's a penalty box striker. I think we all know that by now. And especially when he burst onto the scene last season, he scored, what was it, 5-6 and six at one point? He uh, a good so record. He- yeah, he, he does have a good knack of finish on the ball. John, do you think Albanieri, I mean, he looks far leaner, and not sharper, I wouldn't say he has blister and pace, but he just looks far leaner. He looks into the style, yeah. he, he looks like he fits the zone. Do you think he can be the number one going forward?
2: I definitely think that, again, this this is a style of play that's going to suit him because if you're playing a high press, he's going to be spending a lot of his time and about the box anyway. So um, if if he can utilise that, and he is just going to play that kind of role, Similarly, we've seen me like, say Hooper and uh, McDonald, then, I I mean, I, again, it's still very early days, and he's got a bit of meeting up today for down and tools last season, but he's definitely looking like he's he's a wee bit hungrier for it, and if he can keep himself sort of fit and sharp, and he, he, we can play him regularly, I certainly think he's capable of scoring quite a lot of goals because I definitely think there's a player there. Um, it's just whether or not. Um, well, it's all down to the player at the end of the day, and if we start seeing him not playing, then we know that he's no pulling his weight. So,
0: yeah, I mean, a striker is paid to score goals, and by all counts, he's doing that at the start of the pre season, right? Isn't he? Do you think from what you've seen so far, especially with the situation regarding like Griffiths and then Eddie leaving, do you think that kind of the pressure's on his shoulders now to step up and be the main striker in Celtic?
1: I mean, ideally, I wouldn't want him as a number one striker because then we're using this, this sort of narrative that he's like a new signing because he's he's doing his job all of a sudden. I know, I, he's, he's always been a, a good striker. It's just he had a really bad season. I mean, the last two seasons, he, he didn't have a really favourable sort of outcome out, out of both seasons because he only got about eight games for um, West Ham in his whole career there. And then he was on and off last season. So, I mean, it is a clean slate for him. I do, I do hope he does well gets into the team, but I, I do hope we get some reinforcements in the striking position because it would just scream ne- negligence for me if we we don't go and buy another striker and we just settle with what we have because we we hardly have any to begin with. We can't we can't just settle for this one guy because he's he's suddenly pulling his weight. Um, but yeah. They, He's, he's the sort of guy that when we signed him, I, I thought he'd be a perfect fit for Scottish football because I watched his goals for Basel and like he scores every kind of goal. He'd be perfect for this league. Gets in and around the, the defenders. He's a good header of the ball. He's got some, str- some power in his shot. Um, so I thought it was a match made in heaven and I'm glad that he's he's finally starting to show his worth, to be honest. But at the same time, um, I, I do still think we need reinforcements in that position.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. We do need we need reinforcements in every part of the pitch, to be honest. And it would be negligence if Celtic don't go out and do that pretty soon, especially with the qualifiers so close, Francis. But just focusing on the Yeti, have you been impressed so far by him? I think Ryan makes a perfect point that one if the Sally board kind of construed this and that he's like a new set. And we've heard that phrase over and over and over again, especially with past managers with certain players coming back, even the extent Maggie Johnson was once described as that. So <laughs> do you know what I mean? But what's your opinion so far on the Yeti?
3: It's, it's hard to criticize the guys go to enter. It's, 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 it's it's kind of hard to criticize him in that sense. But like Ryan said, it's it's just this just in his job at the end of the day. But I think it will be suited to Postecoglou's style just simply because he he looks like he likes to play on the shoulder. He doesn't really want to be taking five six touches. Really, just it's either he hits it earlier. It's one touch to get out of his feet, then then hits it and stuff. So I think that can work. And it could be the number one striker. Do I want him to be? I don't know. I don't know. I'm yet to be convinced, but that's down to numerous things. He never really pulled his weight last season, but was he not really given a chance? And also, if Eddie's got to stay about, I would rather Eddie played up front than um, was it? Uh, I it? But I do believe he could be the number one striker. But I've got to agree with other guys, you've got to bring in backup anyway, because if if he, go, if he starts not playing well or gets injured it's who then do you rely on because obviously Bio's away and by all accounts we think Edward's got to go so yeah I, I wouldn't be too disappointed but it would all depend on who we, who else we bring in because he also comes across the type of guy if he gets injured he needs three or four games I feel to get up to speed whereas yeah. guys like Edward that's straight off the bat all the time
0: Well I think that's just Edward's quality isn't he? That's yeah 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 It's just unfortunate that uh, half of last season he just spent it us not him a shit to be honest. But yeah I know the goals return he did well but I mean overall he, he was kind of As, he was, he was, was season here. A, yeah. yeah. But what's what's your opinion then Francis on the other guy Carmoco with belly? Now he's been on everyone's mind since he was 13 years old. Then videos appeared on YouTube and stuff and we all know he has talent and what what was seen in the the, the previous game there against Tartan, the first forty five minutes I thought he was fantastic. There was times in the game he took the ball under pressure, flicked it round the corner to Ralston for that goal. He scored the goal, so he had a hand in both of them goals. Do you think, go forward, he should, this is his season, to kind of step up and be in that first team or at least in and around it all the time?
3: Definitely. I think it's a big season on both part, on Dembele's part and Celtic's part, on whether they're keen on the guy. Because I think he's got to take his chance when given, but also equally, Celtic need to give him that chance to take it. So I think, I guess... If I repeat myself. I think it does suit the style because he is the type of guy we've seen it in a couple of games he played to the tail end of last season. It he, he was always looking to go forward, but at the same time he wasn't scared to go back the way and keep yeah. the ball. But and his initial thought was I'll look to go forward. If would maybe make the way four or five run four or five yard run forward and realize I'm not going anywhere. I'll come back out and start again. So he has got that awareness. Eh? Try to keep keep the ball. We'll reset and go again. So. I think it is a big season for him to see if he has got. A, if he believes he can make it Celtic, then it's a big season for him. But equally, he needs to be given that chance. So Celtic need to be, if they want to retain the guy, they've got to use him. But you can't just use him to try and keep him. You've got to use him because you need him, if that makes sense.
0: I think that's a fantastic point. Don't use him to try and keep him. Use him uh-huh. because he actually deserves to be in the first team. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a fantastic point, Francis. And Ryan, coming to yourself, I'm in much agreement in terms of what you said, he could have played 25 games plus easy for Celtic last season when you take into account Forest injuries, Johnson as well. Do you think this season is kind of his, has to be his breakthrough season after all the year, years we've spoken about him?
1: Mm-hmm. I've got to be honest, I want to see him get a contract renewal before I see him breaking into the first team because I don't want to be playing this guy for 25, 30 games and then he goes out the door at the summer because that, that mm. just doesn't benefit us. Then we're just... We're basically just um, making another player for another team. I want him to commit to his long-term future before we make him a first-team player. I mean, one of the points I wanted to make is that James Forrest turned 30 years old last week. With The shelf life for wingers is not as long as other positions on the park because that, that natural pace will leave, will leave him in a couple yeah. of years. It's just natural. what It's what happens, unless you're maybe iron Robin or something. <laughs> um, but... I mean you've got you've got to start preparing for life without these players because their shelf life's not that long. Um it'd be great to have a guy like Karamoko to to sort of take the load off of Forrest in every game like maybe maybe Forest can play the European games but then Karamoko comes and plays the the Scottish Premier League games that would be ideal because then we've got strength in that position and then we, we wouldn't need to even go and sign anyone in that position because I think we need we need a left winger more than a right winger now yeah. after the emergence of Dembele in these games so um, I, I would like to see him getting a bigger chance but I'd love to see him get like a three or four year deal and then we know that he's definitely going to be there next season or this yeah, season I think first, I, rather
0: I think that ties back to what Francis was saying They'll be playing him because it's like playing because you actually want them in the team and therefore it should prove his worth and hopefully he would sign that contract I don't want him playing as you said ran 20 games being amazing Selling off him from a contract and he's like no I'll look elsewhere and he goes for free because what, what we've really done there is develop a player for the <laughs> team as you said and coming to yourself, John, in terms of Dembele, do you think as these guys were touching upon, he needs to sign that contract and be a part of this first team going forward?
2: Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, I, I think it's it's paramount that we get him tied up for another three or so years, um, and then obviously, like you says, chances are if he plays to his ability, uh, and then we know how good he, potentially he's got and how good he could be then he's going to hate suitors chasing him anyway. I mean, he's already been watched by other big clubs as it stands, so we need to be aware of that as well. um, Or we could risk losing him for absolutely nothing. Um, So definitely tying him down and securing that and then hopefully keep him for another couple of years. Or if clubs are willing to come in and spend on him, then at least we reap some sort of reward for it. So... I think it's absolutely paramount, but I think he's more than capable of having a, a a breakthrough season and playing a large part in the season ahead, absolutely.
0: Yeah, 100%. And just quickly before we move on, folks, Ryan, come to you for this first, just briefly anyway. You said there we need a left-winger. I totally agree. Now, Mickey Johnson, he's been around Celtic for years and years and years. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, the age now. It's all about potential with this guy. But... I don't think that word can be used no more for him, personally, myself, Ryan. I think he needs to establish himself. I thought he's had perfect opportunities to do that. There's been games, yes, he's been played out of position in certain games, and he's failed to impress. Mm -hmm. Do you think Johnson has one last chance to impress the Celtic or risk being let go?
1: I've got to say, the amount of injuries he picks up, he's become very unreliable in terms of left winger. I mean, we only had El to play there, and even he didn't get a lot of games last season on left wing. He was playing everywhere. (laughs) He was playing out of position most games. um, It's got to that point that Mikey Johnson, the only reason he's got such a a high potential is because people keep on talking about this, oh, he's going to be such a great player. But time's going on a wee bit, he's getting a wee bit older, 22, 23, and he's not really made his breakthrough, he's he's always been on the sort of, on the edge of making a breakthrough, but he's never got the sort of 10, 11 games in a row because he picks up an injury here or there. And Celtic can't afford to let this go on for much longer because it's we've, we've got to cover ourselves first, we've got to have winners down that side and guys that are going to be playing every game, we've not, we've not really had that since Sinclair left, um, so... I think it's just negligence that we haven't got anyone in, in yet in that position, along with a couple of other positions. But, um, yeah, I think left wing is definitely a priority, whether that be we bring someone in on loan or we get a good youngster in.
0: Yeah, I think the word on is perfect to describe Mickey Johnson. It really mm. is, because we've seen him come on games. He scored in that European game against Sarajevo. It was a fantastic goal. Cut in from the left-hand side and winged it in with his uh, right foot. Brilliant game on the European stage. But, again, he gets these injuries and he, you don't see him for the rest of the season, Francis. You're much along the same lines there as Ryan and what he's saying because me personally, I think he is a and we do need to add depth to that position anyway.
3: Yeah, I totally can't disagree with anything Ryan said, and also what you just said. There is when he gets injured, it's he never just seems to be out for 10 days or two weeks, it's months, no. it's always seems to be out for months. And so, I don't know if that's maybe an issue with the guy's just the way he's built, the way his metabol- uh, his body is like similar to Daniel Sturridge Never seemed to get leg breaks, but it was just muscle injuries that kept you out for two or three months at a time. So yeah, he it has become unreliable. There's no doubt there is talent there in the boy, but yeah, you just you can't you can't rely on him because like Ryan said, he's not to my knowledge, he's not played ten games in a row. And at his age, you would have expected him to have played a lot more than he's done. So yeah, I'd, it's not anything against Mikey Johnson. I just uh, I feel you it's simply as it he can't rely on the guy; he's unreliable due to injuries.
0: What about yourself, John? What's your thinking on the Mickey Johnson subject?
2: Yeah, I'm in, I'm in firm agreement. I mean, that like Franny says, there I think there's definitely talent there, eh, but he is unreliable. The boy's essentially made of glass, so hmm. it's I mean, you can't bank on him going through a full season and remaining injury-free. That's just not going to happen. And I think that's just being realistic. And as Ryan says, it's a position that is of paramount importance, especially. With this kind of, style of football that Ange wants to play, you're going to need these sort of fast uh, attacking um, wing wing players, and we've no got that at the minute, really. Uh, like you say, we've no had that since St. Clair, um, and by all accounts, Ellie could have been that guy, but he was played ultimately out of position a lot of the time. He's away now anyway, so that's irrelevant. And it's definitely a position we need to strengthen. I think Mikey could still play a role um, in like, maybe coming off the bench for. for so many minutes a game, or whatever the case may be, is an impact in a player uh, if you need a wee bit extra creativity on the left. But uh, no, we definitely need a, a quality starting left winger.
1: My, Absolutely. My, my problem is we've just let a guy go that scored 15, 16 goals last season. We've not brought in mm-hmm. anyone to replace him. I mean, already we had last season, we had Callum McGregor losing. A Lot of his goal goal tally, you know, he, he usually got 10 11 goals, he didn't score that last season. We've lost El Nusi, Christie wasn't scoring as many goals. It, it doesn't seem as if we're putting more goals in the team, it only seems as if we're um losing more and more goals. out huh. this.
0: Yeah, that's what that's what it does seem like. I mean, you're right there in terms of El say he, I mean, he he did to be honest, define opinion in terms of his consistency at Celtic, but by, by all accounts, he did have a good goal return then Chris wasn't performing well, McGregor lost to tally, and it is important, like what you said, John, that left-wing position, if we're going to play this high presence, fast style, we need that pace on either flank, if it's Forrest, if it's Johnson, they need to stay fit, you know what I mean? A position I'm going to come to now, that maybe doesn't need strengthened, but it needs sort of how who's going to be number one, and that's left-back. Now, there's Taylor, Greg Taylor, Adam Montgomery, and then Bolly Bollongoli, I mean he does divide opinion among the Celtic fans, <laughs> but I'm going to be straight, I'm going to uh, this is going to be controversial. It'll always be <laughs> yeah. Going forward, if he proves himself, if he proves his fitness, and he wants to stay at Celtic, I would go with Bali, and goalie, as the first choice left back. Now, let me explain that before I give it to one who's the reason why. Because Celtic shelled out three and a half, four million pounds on him. He came from a good pedigree at Rapid Vienna, playing European football, Europa League, playing in Austria with Rapid Vienna, and he came to Celtic and. By all accounts, I think he did have a good few games. Yes, the first couple of games he did struggle to adjust, that's granted, but again, he's a, a new foreign import coming to a new country, a new style of football. And then that unfortunate stupid incident that he done by going on holiday to Spain for an evening and didn't tell anyone in exactly Celtic they'd done that. And people will say that led to all the events ran that kind of messed up Celtic season, which kind of is true. But me personally, I would like to see Bolly again just to see what he can offer. I don't know what you're thinking.
1: Yeah, I, I would be, I mean, after watching Greg Taylor for 45 minutes in that last game, I'm, I'm willing to give anybody a chance, to be honest. I, I just, I, I do not see it in Greg Taylor at all. I see him as a Kilmarnock standard left-back. I don't think he's improved at all from when we got him at all. So um, I'm willing to give even Montgomery a chance. But yeah, I am I definitely want to see Bowling Goalie in this team. I want to maybe even play as a left wing-back, because that's his actual position, Um I I would be I'd be willing to give him another chance. I mean Hickey was the dream. I thought he would if we were going in from obviously we're not getting him now, but um if we were to sign him, he would he would walk into this team because he's just far better than the other options we've got. But um I is it's just it's basically it's like my, anyone but England, it's anyone but Greg Taylor for me, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> I I had this argument in our group chat as well, but Greg Taylor. I think he's a solid player. It's nothing against him. As you said, SPL standard, Greg Taylor, I mean, he does a job. He does. that. That's fair enough. But Francis, selling the DM be and, and I'm not saying Bologoli is the guy who's going to fix all these issues, but give the guy another go. He had a horrible season last season by all accounts of what he'd done. But surely all these chances that other players get, one needs to be leveled at Bologoli, surely.
3: Well, I've just got to put a disclaimer because I don't know how many times I've got to contradict myself here. But yeah, I, like, I'm out of the A3. I'm team Taylor, but it's more I'm basing Based on what what you would pick if I was starting the first game of the season, that was my three options. I'd put Taylor in. Do I think his answer? No, I've been perfectly uh, clear on that. But I think he's the best out of the three. What on what I've seen, and to use your logic with Ball and Goli, how it came for good pedigree. You like go and get lax, keep laxal then. Laxal came for good pedigree. You <laughs> can't use that as an
0: argument. You can't salt. You can't was horrible. Can. Was horrible to sell the South jersey.
3: It was, and Ball and Goal has been horrible.
0: But he's our player. But we can yeah, surely
3: no, he'd. Other teams. He wasn't your player when he was playing with Rapid Vienna. That's your you're using that logic with Rapid Vienna. It was Santos, good with, he was good with him. Laxal was the best left back in a World Cup, but it didn't look that like in a Celtic jersey, did he? So, but I would, and as I say to you, I'm not against Ballinggolly getting a chance. But if you're asking me out of the three, I would have to say Greg Taylor. I wouldn't be against Montgomery getting it. Now, if Ballinggolly gets gets a job and plays it and does well I'll be happy because at the end of the day we all just want Celtic to win I don't care who's playing as long as we yeah, win it's
0: true, it's true. Fair, so, fair enough, but
3: but I do I do also agree I think I think we should be aiming higher than that I don't think any of the freedom or the answer I feel like going forward the future well Golly may turn out to be that on Montgomery but yeah I don't I don't think Greg Taylor would suit uh, Posta still because he can't beat a man Simply can't beat him man. Then, but if oh. you can't beat a man, you've got to be able to cross the ball. And it's debatable if you can do that too. He can Don't defend. Get me wrong.
1: He's a he's a good defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think
3: that's all he is is a good he's defender. Just a
1: defender. Eh? You see, once he gets to the halfway line, he gets a nosebleed. Honestly, he cannot yeah. do anything in an attacking sense whatsoever.
3: No, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree on that. I'm what
1: not, about yourself?
3: Just, oh, sorry, on you go on. <laughs>
0: go. Go ahead. John the one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, I said last week that Bolling would get a chance for me. Um, I, I think that it's a clean slate, it's a new manager, it's a new style of football. He might thrive under this. Um, maybe he was just still under the previous regime, uh, like many other players ended up being. So, I mean, it's, it's easy to point the finger at him just because of the nonsense last season. But you could say the same about many other players that were still on that team. And aye, for me, he deserves a chance like everybody else. And if you can get them to perform, and there is a player in there, and we reap the benefits here, then that's perfect. Like Franny says, you just, we want to win, so it doesn't matter to me who's playing in that position uh, as long as they're doing the job. But I do agree, none of them are real. I mean, Montgomery is no. We don't. I've not seen enough to really say he has or isn't the answer. Taylor. As we've says, he can defend but that's about it he can't get he, he, he can't attack he can't beat a man his final ball is absolutely abysmal and we should be aiming higher and it's not just left back we need a we need the exact same we need a solid uh, somebody right back as well and yeah, um, so there's, yeah. if i was to count at least first team pedigree we need at least five uh mm-hmm. for various positions and of no goal anything in the door at the minute but that's not to say that that's not happening
0: just to touch upon Montgomery as well I don't know if you if you folks noticed this in the game against Tartan it seemed like he was playing like a left wing sort of position mm-hmm. in front and he did quite well I mean he did get to the byline crossed a few balls played the ball in field as well I was quite impressed by him do we think that he could maybe fill that left wing position if there's no one there around
1: um, I again, I'm I'm repeating myself, but ideally not because then we'll then we'll bring somebody else in that's of better quality. I just feel as if we're trying to fit every piece together with different like sized jigsaw pieces. Like we should just be signing players that are are good enough to step into this team straight away. I just I feel like this. I know we're going to be talking about the transfer window later, but it's just negligence at this point. Like where up where are the players? We only got one. We get two guys that we've been playing in League One La, League One this season that are in the club, and we expect to qualify for the Champions League. It's just negligence. It, it's, it's the same. It's the same uh, habits that that got people so annoyed with Peter Lawwell, and it seems that Dominic McKay is doing the same thing. I know there will be work getting done in the background, but it's still not good enough. There should be four or five players in the door already, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. We'll, we'll get to the transfer window soon. Like, I, I, But I do agree with what you're saying. But a player that does, I mean, who was alone to Marseille last season, other than by all counts, he down wanted out of Celtic. Now it seems like he wants to stay at Celtic. He's, he, there was rumours he was going to AAK Athens. That's kind of fell through. Posse who said he's had a chat with him, Francis, and he wants to prove himself. But by that showing on the second half against Chartland, he was absolutely. <laughs> he was Can we see to- a week? Can we see a way forward for him, Francis?
3: Well, because I never seen the Charlton game, I'll say yes. But because <laughs> so I can't I can't comment. I'm only going with what I read, and by all accounts, it was stinking. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think on his day, he's arguably the best midfielder or one of them in Scotland. is Is brilliant when he can be bothered, but that brilliant just seems to happen one in every maybe five six games. So it's. What I would be wondering was, why, why does he want away and suddenly, does he believe, yeah. why does he want to stay now? Is it simply because nobody's coming in for him? Because as I say, it seemed Athens was on for him and now it's not and now he wants to stay. So it's maybe, is he want to stay because we're the only option? And as I say, if he's got his head heads in it and his heart's in it, I it's not a bad play to have there on in the ranks because he is really, really good on his days. He can break up the plays. He's got that killer pass. He's got the drive. He can, he can control a game in the middle of the park. But I would just, I'm a wee bit concerned as to why the sudden quick change out I mean, mm. if <clears> give credit <throat> to Poster Cogley, maybe has got that influence on the guy. But I don't. For a guy that was so determined to leave, to suddenly not want to leave, it's just, I'm just a wee bit, wee bit cautious with him.
0: I think that's a great point. What you are saying in regards to if he, if it's hard to it his head's that where he wants to play football in terms of Celtic, he will. He is one of the best midfielders when he performs. But again, them days are so few and far yeah. between. In the last year and a half, we've seen pretty silts, pretty much silts yeah. of Nitsal Brian. And coming to yourself, I think Francis makes it a great point in terms of why does he want to stay. People could point to maybe it's Posta Koldo who's convinced him. Maybe again, it's just filling the space that they don't want to invest in. What What's your opinion on the situation?
1: I've, I've got to say before I say anything, I am one of um, in Cham's biggest fans. Like, I, like when he's... when he I'm, I'm a massive fan. Like, when he's when he's on his game, I, I absolutely adore the guy. I think he just... He waltzes around players. I, I remember his performances against Lazio, against Rangers. It, it seems to be all the big games he performs in, but then... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he looks at the fixture list and then circles a couple of the big teams that he's playing against, and he's like, <laughs> no, nah, no bother against the rest of them. But... Um, no, he's so, he's so temperamental. And the, the thing is, Posta can't have any passengers in this team. The, the, the style of play doesn't allow for passengers. Everybody's got to be moving. And Encham isn't really a mover, I wouldn't say at all. So I think he's got to adapt or he'll perish in this team, to be honest.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And I think we're all in agreement in terms of what he can actually provide. Celtic John, in terms of his performances. And Ryan, you said some great games when he, as you said, us dance around players left them there for fun. He's got a good eye for a pass. He's got a good eye for a goal. We've seen that in the Lazio game as well. He finished that that last goal spectacularly away from home. But do you think maybe that it's just kind of, as Francis said, no other team wants him, so he's kind of took away the request to leave Celtic in the hope that he can do something there?
2: I think, um, I don't know, it's hard to say. I mean, I know it's, it, you, it's easy to sort of assume that that might be the case. Um, but again, um, Andrew's already came out and says, he spoke to the players, and if they don't want to be here, then they're out the door. So I'm assuming the fact that Incham says he wants to be here, he's willing to put the heat down and work for it. Um, and if he if he if he features, then he's obviously putting the work in because I don't think Andrew's going to suffer fools. He, he won't. If, if if the guys aren't putting the work in in the training ground, they're not going to feature in the team. It's as simple as that. So if we can get him to find the form that he had uh, in his early days, um, then. Again, we're only going to reap the benefits here. Like we've got a team full of talent, but if you if you take it on last season and stuff like that, then it's hard to sort of be optimistic because so many guys down tools. But we know what they're capable of when they play to their best, and in terms, no different. So if 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 again, if if he wants to stay and he's willing to work for it and put the heat down, and he can find his form again, then absolutely. I mean, it's no questions. For me, it's a no-brainer. You want to keep a guy like that on the team One but thing again,
1: I is... Oh sorry I'll Go ahead Ryan for um, what uh, One thing I just want to say is He's in the last year of his deal as well This has got to suit both parties so If he's so desperate to stay Then Prove it sign maybe, sign maybe an extension Sign a three four year extension If you want to stay Because this has got to benefit both parties Because why, why would we play a player again For 30-40 games in a season And then he can just leave at the end With plenty of suitors Who can just get him for no fee We've got to have something at the end of this as well, both, Absolutely. both parties have got to yeah. contribute this for the for the best sort of outcome.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I am like agree
1: with that.
0: I think there's, there's loads of players at the minute Celtic on their last year of the days that they down <laughs> pretty quickly. I think Christie's ends in December January. or something. <laughs> uh, something. weird like that. But moving on from kind of football matters to kind of staff, backroom staff, that kind of thing. Apostle Cogdo's come out and confirmed that Strachan and the Kennedy will remain part of his backroom team. Again, the rules haven't been defined, but we're led to believe it's going to be key rules within Celtic Football Club, Francis. I'll give you my take on this first. I think it's an absolute disgrace, and we'll be harsh here that they're involved with Celtic after what we've seen last season. Any other management team would have been out the door. Nothing would be left of the the, the shambles, the complete negligence as Rand's been saying all night that was seen at Celtic last season. I think it's a disgrace that Celtic fans have to kind of take this. Do you know what I mean? That's been sold. It's been told after the season ticket were sold. It's just been kind of putting the press that he's they're going to be staying on. And it, for me, it kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I thought I did generally think that Posta Caldew would at least have two or three people of his own trusted backroom staff with him at this point. But like the transfer window we were going to talk about, it's been really slow on that front. And I'm absolutely just angry. I, I am angry at Celtic for keeping these guys on. I, I don't. I'm, I'm. It's harsh, but I'm just going to say it anyway.
3: Well. I fear I'm going to contradict myself again because I thought like I can't disagree with what you've said there because by association they should should have been out the door when Lennon left, and also the fact that they didn't leave it means can you really trust them? Because how they they hung about after the like let Lenn- they just let Lennon take the heat for last year's exactly. failings, really? And they they hung about as if they'd done no wrong. Again, we don't really know how much an influence they were having on the team, but you would like to think of his assistant manager in Kennedy's case that he's got a bit of a say anyway and, and obviously doing the coaching stuff, but to kind of go away sort of post of Coghlan, Mackay, they did say in the press conference that LSS, what he's got, he's done this before, that's, it's, this is not a, a rare thing for him, he's done this, came into teams before and worked with previous uh, staff and got his back from staff within but he'll also assess it, and if he feels he needs to bring folk in, he'll bring folk in. Now, if that's a lie, that's a that's a bold lie to making your first press statement. So, I've got to I've got to believe them that now that that what they said there was they do that is the truth. That he has willing to assess it because you really you're not getting a great start if your your first press conference you actually make such make such a lie up if you like. But with Ken like Kennedy has been part of a successful Celtic period with various managers, so, it maybe is, there maybe is a bit about him, Gavin Strachan, I think it's just, I don't know what he brings to the team, but, I think it's telling that the laptop seems to like they've went missing, so, maybe Posto coggle has got a wee bit of saying, he said, you can stay, but the laptop goes, it's, it's me the laptop, and he's actually picked Posto Coglu, uh, but, me. I just, yeah, I, I would have had them away, but I can understand them, being around, also, because, you don't know where you'd suspect that Poster would bring guys over from Australia, the the Asian market, the guys that he knows, and we are still obviously got travel restrictions and quarantine. So, do you really want to be getting ready, Kennedy and Strachan? Because, by our, I mean, you could have brought these backroom staff in weeks ago, and the quarantine thing would have been done and over and done with. But if you bring them in the now, they're not going to be there for the European game. So I, I, do you really just get rid of striking and stuff and wait for your guys? Which so I think I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's the certain variables such as quarantine and travel restrictions and stuff like that, and possibly visas or work permits are holding up and bringing in one or two of his own guys. Because I find it hard to believe that he would travel all this way and not bring at least one guy that he can trust on. Because I feel that was one of Lennon's biggest downfalls last season is another. He agreed not to have his own guys, and I think any manager at any club, they need to have at least someone someone in the dressing room they can they can trust with, on the coaching team. So, I'm not against Kennedy and Strachan, but yeah, I, I don't think they should be there, and I should, Poster should be bringing his own guys in. I would have more confidence if he brought his own guys in, but I'm just hoping for the reasons like possible visa issues, the quarantine and stuff like that, that's what's maybe holding up deals.
0: You made you made a great point when you said in the press conference of the family day one where he said they're going to assess it and take it from there. But Ran, is it a case of assessing it or just take what you have and that's it? Because that's what on the outside. It, I'm going to be honest to me anyway. It seems like that. I get what you're saying, Francis, in terms of phases, all this kind of thing. But surely when you get that job of selling or get that first initial contact, we talked about this before with previous managers. Link, we're not going to say his name, that he'll be working. No, no, totally
3: to- to- agree with you. Totally agree. With you. Yeah
0: he he'll, should he'll, he'll be working behind the scenes getting his backroom staff together even if it is issues surely they'll come over at the same time as him do the quarantine then so I mean there's options to get through that mm-hmm. how are you feeling this round? because as I said there I'm just totally pissed
1: off of it that they're still at the club I mean <sighs> I guess I'm just working under this clean slate It seems to be going through the players And the backroom staff of last season Which isn't Um, It's not ideal to have the same sort of faces That you've seen last season Let you down so many times And they're just waltzing in next season As if nothing happened Like There needs to be some sort of um, Ownership of last season Or some sort of like apology or something But I mean he does Postacoglu does have previous for doing this For going into teams And taking the sort of backroom staff as they go as they as they already were there and just take them under his wing and take them as part of the, his backroom team but I mean I did I did read that he's still trying to bring two or three people in maybe from further down roles like uh, fitness coaches and uh, sports scientists so maybe that's where he wants his imprint on the actual footballing side of things but um, not, do you know, I'm not as angry as what I would have been three, four weeks ago hearing about this, because at this point it's just apathy and I don't want to be negative about Celtic anymore, but sometimes I find that really, really <laughs> difficult, because all they give you is negative things. <laughs> um, is,
0: that, is that you saying an <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying trying
1: not. I'm trying not, to be honest, it's, it's this clean slate with Posta Coglu, but um, if it was four or five weeks ago, I would be absolutely fuming like you are yourself, but... Um, no, nah, I'm. just. I'm going with. It. I'm. I'm seeing. I'm seeing if they can adapt before making any sort of judgments on whether or not they should be there. I'm willing to give them another chance. I'm feeling. I'm feeling generous and I'm feeling I'm quietly optimistic about new season. So I just want to see what happens. And then if it doesn't work out, then then I would be all for getting them out the door and getting his own coaches in that he knows will do a good job for him. But as it stands, it's just a clean slate for me.
0: But who knows at that point, Ryan, Is it too late to bring his own staff in if they don't work out? Do you know what I mean there has to be kind of there has to be a 50 this. I it's think got, we're all It's yeah.
1: got to the point like when we're offering guys new deals as well. Like we're forced into a position rather than actually having the sort of choice mm. because we need to have these guys now. Because if we didn't, if we put them out, if we put them out the team, then we would have no one. It would just be post Um <laughs> Well, while, while we were waiting for these guys coming in to finish their isolation period. But, um, what what here is a matter of urgency, I think, rather than by choice. I mean, I mean, who knows? He might have chosen them, but um, oh, do you know this? I'm, I'm just going to go with it and just hope for the best at this point. To be honest, <laughs> like.
0: I give it to me. I, I really do. But again, it's hard for me because I anything slight like that. I mean, the whole can track, and thing, John. For me, it should have been dealt with when the season ended, and it should have been put out in the club. And you, I know what you guys are saying in terms of. There'd be no one on the training pitch, but you could, could get guys up like Tommy McIntyre to take a couple of sessions with the guys until Posse Coglu come in, bed himself in with his new backroom team. I don't know about you, John. I mean, it feels like again that I'm very much on my own here in terms of how I'm <laughs> feeling about this. But what's your take on on the staff issue at the minute?
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna hit me on side here either, Stephen.
0: <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> uh, I knew that was gonna happen.
2: <laughs> Well, the thing is, is and I, I've been very vocal about it in the past. I, I've said as well that um, both of them should have left when Lennon did. Uh, they had nowhere, they, they had no right being anywhere near that team. Um, calling for it for the duration as well. Kennedy is no a manager; he's not an assistant manager. He shouldn't be anywhere near that side of things. If you want to keep him around the club as a coach, then fine, fair enough. I've said this before as well. Um, Strachan, I've no idea what he's doing there. Uh, I genuinely don't. Like I don't see what what it brings to the club or what benefit him being there has. But listen, at the same time, much like Ryan and uh, Francis, it, it's a clean slate, right? And I think everybody's deserving a new chance. Now, I'm firmly backing Ange and Dom here, and I trusted every word that Ange said, and I full, fully bought into everything he's telling me. So see when he says that he's the one making the decisions and Dom says he's the one making the decisions, and it's a case of... Hey, Working to make sure you're getting the right pieces and not meeting any snap sort of uh, appointments uh, that maybe ultimately are only going to work. Keeping guys about the club that have been there that know the club uh, to some extent at least. Um, again, re- referencing Kennedy anyway, no striking. But the like Ryan said, you, you get rid of these guys, that's you losing mere personnel on uh, the training ground and everything else, and that's no an ideal position to be in. Now I'm assuming that. And just had a conversation with Kennedy and Strachan. He's let them know. I still think that Ange is the guy making the calling the shots. And if he's had this discussion with them and they've turned around and they're buying into what Ange is saying, and they're they're willing to work under him, and, and for the greater good and the, for the benefit of the club at large, then aye, they deserve a chance. Like why not? I, I still firmly believe in time we'll see guys starting to filter through in different positions. Uh, I think it will take time. We've said it before. Not necessarily just thinking work permits and visas, although they could play a part. Quarantine could still play a part. But I think it's making sure you're getting the right guys, in, and not just bringing people in for the sake of it. It has to be something guys that come in to work under Ange that, that buy into that philosophy, want to work under him, and the Kenny kind of he wants to play. Um, that are going to work in tandem with everybody else within the club, like the sports science area. And everything else, um, so that everything it's works in unison, and they're all they're all singing for the same hymn sheet. Uh, so th- that is far more important to me than just bringing in faces for the sake of bringing in faces. Because has probably got guys he trusts, right, that he could bring in, but they might not be a good fit for the club. And then you've just got Ange bringing in his pal because he wants to work with his pal. That, for me, isn't good. And I agree with what Franny says. Usually when you're bringing in a new manager, they bring in somebody that they trust, which is fine. And I'm, I'm sure that that will still happen down the line. I just don't want us to rush it. And we need to, at this point in time, we need to be very, very careful about no making snap judgments and just bringing in people for the sake of it. As I said, it has to be the right guys and it has to be the right time. So I'm, I'm confident and I'm remaining optimistic, much like Ryan says. Try to give them a clean slate, and I'm being positive that these things will, these pieces will fall into place in, in due course, and we're going to be all the better for it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean that's fair enough, folks. But one thing that's coming closer, and that's the FC and game and the transfer window we're seeing so far. I mean, Ryan, you, you spoke about offer. It has been. I mean, John talks about time. I get that time. You need, you need time to make these decisions. You need time to look at what's right for the club, and I totally understand where he's coming from that point. But on the transfer side of things, time is not on our side. Time is well past us by, to be honest, isn't it, Ryan? In terms of recruits, we need it for this game coming up against mid We could be potentially going to the likes of Beaton, a game makes you centre-half, Ralston right back. And it. for me, anyway, we talked about this in the previous podcast, and the guys were a wee bit more calm about it. But I, I'm, I'm not, to be honest, I think by now, as John actually alluded to previously there, uh, in, in regards to another topic, there should be at least five first-team-ready players signed. Maybe not now, but again, two or three. Expect through uh, the doors surely, Round.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ange said in his first press conference that he wanted players yesterday. Now, that yesterday was three weeks ago, and we've <laughs> not signed anyone bar uh, Urugide, who, by the way, is not a right-back. I watched 45 minutes and I've already made my mind up he's not a right-back. <laughs> He's um, he is a centre back. He looks very raw for a right back. Um, if he is to be one, but, um, no, we, we need there, there are a few areas that we need as a matter of urgency. That's what he said as well. That's what Ange said in his first press conference. We need we need players as a matter of urgency in certain areas. And I don't think we've plugged those gaps at all. Um, I feel like Dominic McKay's watching Love Island at night rather than calling all the the players for moves. I, what what are we doing? I mean, I, I don't doubt that we're doing work in the background but there's got to be some sort of it's it's got to be quicker than this. Um we we're, we're playing in the Champions we're gambling with the Champions League again as we've done for season after season. Um we seem to be going into these qualifiers in a worse position every year and we we actually have paid for that in the league when it came to that because now now we're coming in a second place and the, the ties become even more difficult. There's no sort of a uh, pushover teams in it even at this stage. So uh, it's, it's infuriating because we just continually refuse to learn our lessons and we make the same mistakes season after season. This is supposed to be a clean slate, but it seems like we're making the same mistakes in the transfer window again. Um yeah. the, the the squad looks paper thin. We get guys, we get more guys leaving than coming in. I know that I know that was going to be the case there's a lot of deadwood in the team, but we need we need to get a move on. This is this is um this is a matter of urgency now because I think the 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 sort of registration period ends sometime this week. So if they're going to announce somebody, if they're going to sign somebody, it needs to be now. Yeah.
0: I I think as well, you you make a great point. Like, Alan's one of his first words, is he said, in the press conference with the players as of yesterday. The yesterdays came and gone three weeks ago. Now we're down the line. And even before he came in to actually sit in the press conferences and when it was confirmed, surely he was working on players, John, behind the scenes. And it seems like to me, Celtic have a real bad issue here of trying to conclude deals. They're trying to see deals through things fall through. Like so, the the star the Starfeld rumor that's kind of been halted now. Apparently, there's there's no there, there's nothing going to happen from that. And it's like, why are these these players being leaked in the media as targets for Celtic and then not been seen through? And I get what you say. Yes, and, and, and no time and stuff. But come on, here we should have had at least two or three f- first team players through the door for this game.
2: Well, I mean. I know. I mean, I would definitely have liked to have seen players uh, in the door already. Uh, but again, we need to make sure these are the right guys, and we're just rushing signings for the sake of it. Again, we're hearing hundreds of names being linked with the club. We're hearing hundreds reports about people uh, deals making progress and then halting uh, for various different reasons. But again, this is all media push. Like, don't get me started on rumors no, but, 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 and everything else. But what I'm saying, no, listen. What I'm saying is and I understand what you're trying to say, Stephen, but what I'm saying is we don't know what progress these deals are at. We don't know what's being done behind the scenes. And it, it wouldn't it be the first time that Celtic have sprung one, two, three signings on us out the blue when, they, when we didn't know a thing about it. And if Celtic are keeping their cards close to their chest, they're not letting these stories leak, and people are actually keeping their mouth shut for a change, and stuff isn't it, getting out to the press, then who knows? Ange, I think there was an interview the other day, he kind of hinted at the fact that there's going to be new faces in the door very, very soon. So I would suspect that at least over the course of this week, maybe early next week, that we're going to see signings. And I'm confident of that. And I think that they're just obviously again, see because you're not hearing it in the news doesn't mean it's not happening. And I'm again firmly in the belief that stuff's getting done behind the scenes. They're keeping the cards close to their chest. I'm not reading, into, I'm not reading too much into the people that were linked to or what progress and stage that the deals are at. I'm just hoping that that stuff's getting done. And again, yeah. like Ryan, I'm going to try and remain optimistic and you're not going to bring me down. I'm, it's going to happen. <laughs> they're going to spring. They're going to spring a few signings out in this over the next week or so. And everything is going to be absolutely fine.
0: It's not, John, it's not trying to like bring the positivity out of the situation that we're feeling in terms of possible. It's real. We're seeing it happen. The only player on that's come through the door is Uruguidi. That's not good enough. As Ryan said, these guys like Sean Uruguidi would have been playing League One football. You
2: but can't Ryan, sit there. Sorry. But Ryan did make a valid point. Urigidi is the only guy we've brought in. But what I'm saying is, see, let's say by the end of this week, Celtic announced three, four new signings. Then what? Are you still going to say, well, oh, this has been an absolute shite windy because they won no. the end quick
1: enough? No.
0: What if they don't? Well, what if they do? are
2: you? Are you happy <laughs>
1: The problem for me is the timing of the signings because it seems uh. as if we sign players once we're out of Europe, why is there such a, a rush to get signings when we're in the maybe the Europa League, when we could make signings for the Champions League, get into the Champions League and then make that money tenfold? We'll, we'll get £40 million automatically. It doesn't make sense in a financial situation for me at all, or a financial standing point. And I, I, I agree with that, but let me come back to you with this, Ryan. Right?
2: What if, say, we've approached these targets, we've had a list, guys, maybe... Ange wants to bring in he's had a look at etc with deals that have been accepted we've sat down we've held talks with these guys and Ange has let them know this is the way we want to play and he's he's not liking the look of these guys or the responses they're giving they're not buying into it would you prefer that we were bringing in guys early spending money bringing in guys eh, because we've got a Champions League hanging up rushing them in the door where they're not going to fit long term
1: no I, I do agree that he needs his own guys in but um but it's just but I'm at a point of urgency with certain positions. I just don't want it to be going into a Champions League qualifier with Anthony Ralston. What
0: about yourself, Francis? What's your feeling on, on the transfer market? I mean, you, you can hear me. I I'm I'm just like they should be doing more. the and simple.
3: I'm I'm probably sort of a seventy, thirty. I've got to try and stay positive here because I've like a bit of a bold statement, but like guys like Klopp they know the type of player they want, like Virgil van Dijk, they'll wait a season to get that type of guy. No, I sure we've not got to wait a season, but maybe that's all uh, possible goes it is is having to wait to get the right guys in. But to totally flap it, like bringing guys in and the now, they're not going to be able to play in the European game unless they come from Britain, or if they are a, a foreigner, they come, like, they're actually based with a British team, because if you're coming from pretty much any European country, you are having to isolate again, so anybody we do bring in, well, like John said, if we do bring in three, four boys over the next four days before the deadline, the likelihood of them playing in this game is probably slumped to zero. So it's as good as it will be to see guys come in, it is has, has technically too late. It's As much as I'm wanting to stay positive and do feel we shouldn't rush them because we really we can't afford to get it wrong, you can't, you, you sort of the they're delaying it could also be getting it wrong, because like Ryan said, you if you don't make the Champions League this season, well, there was a group stage, it's £40 million, you're you are guaranteed 40000000 You you do not necessarily need to spend £40 million to get into the Champions League, again, you could fluke it and get in with spending nothing, you could spend £100 million and not get in, it's, it's all about finding the balance, it's sort of speculating to accumulate if you like, but also, you've got to make sure you get the right guys in to win the league, because you're guaranteed the Champions League next season, so you don't have to worry about that, but
2: that, that can... for me is the most important thing, Franny. And well,
3: I know... I, I know on because it's like see, you could if you if you get into the Champions League this season, you're going to attract a better level of player, and it means you can maybe get in January. You can maybe go right, we'll get this guy in and out and get him six months. No, absolutely, and in the, in the door in that you're so you're preparing for the next season. So it's I'm I'm sort of free, try to stay positive, but also you can't help but pick Postacoglu up on his comments when, like I said, we need signings in yesterday, and like Ryan said, that yesterday was three weeks ago. Now, is that Postacoglu's problem, or is that a Celtic problem with Don McKay? It's, well, I, I mean, there could be a number of issues, There could be a number of issues, but I'm leaning towards it being more the sort of hierarchy because it's, it's, we've got history not being able to conclude a deal very quickly. It's usually takes us a wee while to conclude a deal because as much as I've been very vocal and said last last summer's window on paper was a great window a lot of these boys came in in the last couple of days of the transfer window so it's yeah,
1: the
3: season it sometimes kicked off before we've actually completed completed our sort of business I feel like, I know you can't really help that with a window but you should really have a lot of your guys in for these Champions League courses yeah. like Ryan says, we, we gamble every season on them and and
1: evidently, it's, it's caught up with the last few seasons anyway, so
3: I a lot don't know
1: those, why doing that again. Aye, a lot of those players came in after we were out of the Champions League, which is isn't ideal.
3: Kind of just try to appease the fans it feels, to an extent. It was like, oh, we'll spend the money now just to keep them on side, and it's like, well, it's kind of... That, wait, that's no.
2: what I feel would be the case if we were bringing in signings, rushing in signings. I mean, let's bear in mind, right, Andrew's no longer in the door himself. No, no. If, if you start signings, start filtering... Coming through thick and fast, right? It's like okay, you're appeasing the fans, you're bringing in players, you've got a Champions League qualifier coming up, and it's like fans might be happy with that. They still need time to gel into the the everything else that comes with that, the style of football, the, the rest of the team and everything else, and they need time to adapt. So there's no guarantee that that's going to be the case anyway. But no, no, like no, I said, no guarantee
3: any signing, but I know you're saying. The, I get, you're just delaying it and delaying it, aren't you? It
1: doesn't matter when they come in. No, no, I'm, they can, try, I'm just
2: confused. trying to remain positive. I, 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 no, so like
1: I'm this is why I was banging the drum repeatedly about us getting a sporting director in the door that was mm. doing this in March, April time, so that we didn't, we weren't in this position. And we still don't have anybody in that sort of role. We don't even have a chief scout. Like mm. it's, it's no surprise that we, we only have one guy in the door because we're so unprepared well, for this sort of thing. Well look,
0: guys, right. I mean, fair enough, we're we're all divided in terms of the transfer market and things. People are happy with it as it is at the moment. But again, there is a kind of need for urgency in certain positions. And one of the positions, Ryan, you touched upon, was right back. Obviously, the car the car starfelt rumors kind of halted. There's no news there that likes of fiscal just went dead as well. And there's other reports suggesting that Celtic <clears throat> are in process of making a four million pound bid for Brandon soppy from Rennes, a young nineteen year old uh, played for Rennes, I think it was like 15, 16 times last season. Yep. He's got from European uh, football teams as well. And also a, a French youth international. Is that something that interests you, Ren, in terms of coming in from Ralston anyway? Surely <laughs> I think it's better this stage.
1: He, he ticks uh, multiple boxes for me because um, he's profitable, because he's French. French players are just profitable. That's just the way it is. They're more profitable than Scottish players, you've got to say that. He's got Champions League experience. He played there last season with Ren against Chelsea. I remember watching him a couple of times. Um and he's, he's got that experience of playing in the Champions League as well, which is what we need if we're even trying to get into the Champions League. He's, he's used to that sort of pressure. And then after a couple of years, we could sell him on for a profit. I think it just makes perfect sense. And he's not Anthony Ralston, which is also a positive. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I sound like he's biggest hater. I just I just care oh, at all. Um, I think it makes sense I think if the asking price is £4.6 then you pay the asking price and get it done I think if this guy is going to be half decent he's going to make four or five times that amount for you then bring him in because we need a right back Um, and you've got to speculate to accumulate with these sorts of things get him in the door, get him acclimatised and get him in that team
0: You're 100% right, Rand <laughs> Coming to yourself, Francis, right? Rand makes a great point there if the asking price is £4.6 million, pounds, pay the asking price for this player, because we've seen it so many times before. You said it, Rand said it, John said it as well. Celtic field to conclude deals at times, and it's like, what are you doing? Pay the money. Would you take this guy in, Brandon Subby? I,
3: I've got him, I don't know much about him, but I I, would, I like what I read of him. and. Like I I've obviously looked at a couple of YouTube videos, but I've touched on that before what YouTube videos can be. It's <laughs> you're not putting a crap YouTube video up. <clears throat> Even me managed to achieve not to put crap ones up so far.
1: The so only crap, the, right. the only <laughs> crap YouTube video I've seen is a fourteen minute clip of a uh, of Amido Baldi. I knew back then it was <laughs> <been> an absolute <laughs> dud. <done. laughs> but yeah,
3: it's like I, I I'm a firmly just just pay the price if it's if it's four point six or four what just just pay the price what we're not really in a position to be haggling. Well, teams will know this that we are. we kind of desperate for players, so they're they they have going to play hardball, especially if they don't need to sell. So it's one of the one of the things. If there's no rent, maybe don't need to sell. It's like somebody in your door when your house is not for sale, and saying want to buy your house. You've got to bump off a few quid on it, because you're not looking to leave. So why you're. You don't just don't just pay the. I totally agree. Just pay the price that like you look at. Man United a few years ago, they were trying to get back to where they wanted to be. Prices got overinflated, but they just paid it because they were like, "Well, we know what they need to do to to where to get where we need to be." So, yeah, I'm all I'm all for paying the price as long as you're not getting shafted. Like, as much as I'm a, I am quite like the idea of and Hickey coming in, I thought it was an exciting prospect. Like, you don't. There's a limit you can go to because if it's eight million, I think eight is a big gamble on a guy like Aaron Hickey. But if you're paying the four or five million that I think we're willing to pay, I'm okay with that. But just if the, if the asking price is 4.6, just, just go and pay it. If they've made it public, saying, or not necessarily public, but they'll know what they need to go to. It's not, I don't think it was Bologna ever said what they wanted for Aaron Hickey. It was just we apparently made the bid and suddenly it was eight million. You're like, well, we don't value at that. So we're not going to go with that. So that's why it's just, and I think the French market in general could be a good market to go to, mm-hmm. simply because they've got issues with TV deals. A lot of teams are really going against, maybe not going out of business, but they're struggling financially there. So there is deals to be done there. So, but at the same time, don't go there and try and haggle. If they'll know what they want for a player, they know what they need to get for a player. So deals I think can be made in the French league, but. Just, ah, just pay the price. Pay the price and get the deal done.
0: It is a great point. Pay the price get the deal, the, the deal done. What, what about yourself, John? What brand of sub do you would you take him as the right-back for Celtic?
2: Yeah, I would definitely. Uh, I think, right, like Ryan alluded to as well, uh, the French market, I think, is one that we could benefit heavily from, as we have done in recent years as well, like Moussa, Edward, and Champ, to a certain extent. Um, I mean, this is a guy... Uh, i mean I'm, I'm not gonna pretend i know too much about him i'm, I'm aware of who he is um but um i mean he, he still, he's still he's in uh the french national setup and um, which we know is one of the top sort of youth setups in the world at the minute he, he's part of that uh, he's highly rated in france uh, as a young player um and um this this, this is uh, i'm saying this more jokingly than anything else but it, it it did surprise me when his name was linked, and I said this in the group chat earlier at uh, the call as well, but it made me laugh because like Soppy's another guy that like for those of you that play Football Manager, he's uh, <laughs> one of is one of my go to signings. So <laughs> I've I've been picking him up on Football Manager for years. <laughs> so that's, it, that's good enough for me, mate. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> uh, for,
3: for Ralph and in he, anyway, he's I'll got just... a
2: very high ceiling for development in Football Manager as well. So. <laughs> If, if you buy into all that carry on but i mean as i say it, the fact his name has been linked with us is is funny for me in that aspect but for what i do know him um he certainly a, he's a rated talent he's in a very good youth setup uh, and like you say so that french market is t- filled with potential so i think we could greatly benefit from it and again it is a position we need he does play there and, and it, i it. it's something that we could benefit from greatly long term definitely
0: yeah, hundred percent. I think we're all agree, but then I think it's kind of better in Ralston. And again, it's not a, it's not a personal attack. on Anthony Ralston, he's just not good enough for Celtic. I'm sure he can find other club at a decent level and plays football for the rest of his career. Doesn't that like We need to sign yeah. someone better now. But moving on, give,
2: let's give some credit where it's due. Though that it wasn't the best cross, but he floated it into the box for a year. he's headed perfectly. perfectly. Nah. Yeah. What well, was up? Nah. great touch. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Honestly, I, mate, it was done for me that day, and I've said that for that day. I laughed at Neymar when we were getting pumped five or six nothing and I'm like, mate, come on. It's hard. I no laugh at Neymar. Is when you're like, no, when you're getting pumped five nothing at him.
0: Right. off topic here. Neymar's not this, <laughs> right? So we're going on, we're going on the icons, right? And partly something have rejected a 13 million, 13 million bid up front for Brentford, raising the 15 millions we add-ons. And they've rejected it. They're holding down, I think, for fifteen million up front, raising the twenty million with add ons, which is just, just stupid. I think they should have accepted that bid. And we I made it publicly known that he's been promised to leave Ryan. And surely the God, they keep the camp happy, they keep the camp from kind of not having these want away players. That was a great deal for something to take there, wasn't it?
1: It was, yeah. But at the same time they must be holding off because they know they can get money. Now the two million the, 13 million is a great offer, but see two million down there—that's pennies compared to what it is up here. Like we could sign a good prospect here for two million, but to them, two million is just pennies. They must know that these teams are willing to offer that wee bit extra to get a player. And I like that we're standing, standing up for our, standing up for our transfer dealings and that. But. I think there's a big uproar about this because we don't have a replacement for Ayer in the door. I think if we did have guys in the door, then this would hardly get talked about. But because it's it's involved in all this sort of rebuild and we, didn't, we need new players in the door, I think that's why people are getting so annoyed about it. Um, I, I, do, I do think Ayer will leave. I think that bid will come in. It's just about getting the right bid. And I do like that Celtic are standing up for themselves. But... I mean, it's, it's it's getting to that point that you need them out the door. And you need the guys that want a way out of the door before we can properly rebuild because we need guys that are willing and able to play for the club. I mean, there's no doubt that Ayer would play for the club if need be. I, I doubt he would down tools, um, but at the same time, we need we need guys that want to be here and 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 around the team. And Ayer wants to go, so we should let him go, but only if the price is right, as as Bruce Forsyth would say. <laughs>
0: i get what you're saying Rand. i think it's interesting that you say the uproar in terms of obviously fans and stuff kind of been like hold out for more but i've seen the opposite especially on my social media feeds in terms of twitter fans were saying let him go at that price you know what i mean because that 13 million pound could go to the feeds deal the starfeld deal maybe that's what they need the extra few million quid to get the mm-hmm. deeds through francis i think for me personally in the climate we have to kind of get real in terms of what coronavirus has done to clubs finan- financially there's a lot of clubs that you just said France or financial difficulty due to TV deals. There's a lot of clubs around European football who are not bidding quite the same as they were in terms of these high price bids. And looking at it logically from my point of view, I know you used that logic against me earlier in the show, <laughs> but I I think personally that the 13 million plus the add-ons is a great deal for her. I know I know pre-COVID people were saying 20 plus, and I, I agree with it then. But just now, I think that's right.
3: I know I I think it's a great deal considering the guys. As much, I don't want to downplay Player league, but we generally don't get great offers for our for our players. So, like fifty, potentially fifteen million for a guy that's publicly came out and said he wants to leave, and he's in the last year his contract. I, I think that's I think that's a great. Like I, I do think that's a really good deal. Great deal for I and he's a player I like. So it's I'm not saying I want him away, but the guy doesn't want to be there. He's gave he gave us a good good but of his career and stuff, so I wish him well when he does leave. But yeah, I would I would take that deal. But again, I, I agree with Ryan in the sense that it's nice that we're we're holding firm and saying, look, you no, know, this is the price, this is what we want. Now I think if we're saying twenty million and they've offered you well know, thirteen with a potentially going up to fifteen, I think there's got to be a wee bit of middle ground. I think maybe Celtic are wanting fifteen million guaranteed without and then maybe try and put add ons on top of that. So I think, I think you might be talking maybe around the £17 million top end with maybe a sell-on fees, which got to get the deal done. So you've kind of got to respect Celtic in the sense it's, they're, they're holding out for what they believe is the market value for the guy. Now, I know obviously coronavirus has maybe changed things, but I don't think it will change things too drastically in the premiership. I mean, TV money there is just stupid. Absolutely. Like, I think Brentford for coming up got about £150 million, so like yeah. 20, 20 million is nothing at Brentford there's a smaller club that is that's It's twenty, million. but I, it's it's post the Coggle I feel sorry for and that's because he's obviously want guys that are want to be there now like Ryan said I don't believe Iyer would down tools I think he would play for the jersey but he doesn't want to be there so just I'm not I don't mean like get him out the doors the wrong term but try and get a deal done for him and like I said it helps with that rebuild it might it might allow you to go and get Fiskovich and Starfield as opposed to if I stays, you're only getting one of them. So yeah. would, as Postacoglu, who I feel sorry for on this one, because like see, he's got he's got a player there that doesn't want to be there. So just I think it's in everybody's interest to try and try and make a deal happen.
0: Yeah, I mean it's quite crap that he come in then no one Irishman promised he can leave instead of yeah. him getting that choice. Do you know what I mean? So. It is a bit of a fifty fifty. I get We you both saying. It is great to see Sally holding out for more money. But then again, it's that high going and hardball. Just take the take that thirteen million, get the add-ons in the future, and there's money there's money for the club to spend John. Um I don't know about yourself, but I, as I said to the guys there, I thought we should have took that money and invested in the, the plans, that the plan recruitment side of things anyway.
2: Well, I mean, I I can see what you're saying, but you're awfully sure that I are even wants to go to Brentford. Maybe i was not interested in playing for a newly promoted team who might well be in the Championship again next season. And Hanks he's better than that. So, oh,
3: see, usually, touch it. sorry, John, a lot of deals now, the, the contracts agreed before a bid comes in because teams don't want to look stupid. Because you, you look at, to go to like the Morello's deal, he agreed terms with, was it Leela or something last season before they even made a bid? So, I think he would have been going to Brentford if they can, I think he'll go to Brentford if they can agree a price. Because I think he would have agreed a contract with
2: him. Nah, I I don't know. Like I I, I rating Ayers probably his size higher than that. And again, oh, maybe he feels like he, 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 where he is now, compared to Brentford, he's probably I think TCL. Nah, that's not where yeah, I want to no. be. I want to leave the club, but I want to go. I want to be play. If he's going to go into the Premier League, I'm assuming he want to be playing on a team that's guaranteed Premier League football year in year out at least, um, mid table at worst. So. I mean, there there could be many underlying factors as to why that deal wasn't accepted, and it's alright to sit here and say, "Oh, we should have just taken it and used the money to do this, that, and the next thing." That's not how it works. It's not as easy as that. Um, it it does seem on the face of it a good deal, given the fact that he wants to leave, and we know his contract's running out, etc. But I, I'm I'm actually I, I I I'm proud of Celtic for standing firm on it and and not just accepting it just because because. I, you mentioned like how COVID affects teams and that. I don't think we are overly affected by it to the point where we need to um, just bout a, the English Premier League money um, or lack of. Because for many, many years, they've come to us with Trump change and they've undercut us with player valuations and everything else. And then they're, they're spending twice, three times that on players, half the player is. It's ridiculous. Um, so, no, nah, I think we should be holding out for for more for Ayer absolutely and listen see if we get him for another year and we, again he's not going to down tools I don't think he's the kind of player that would do that and again at least for this season we'd benefit from it so fuck them. Yeah.
3: yeah but well, from like, a business point of view that's it's a horrendous thing today just to let guys like go for nothing so we should just sell him just because no but I'm
1: just we're a business at the end of the day in, term, nah. in terms of the business I don't think we should just accept the first deal that comes no no, exactly. no I agree with that I agree with that and just well, see look, the best offer they can do well
0: well look i think it's i think it's fair to say that you guys obviously want a bit more and i do hope we get a bit more i'm just saying what Franny was saying there you take that gamble of him staying on again next season be let go for free and there's 13 million pound to take up front i know john was saying in terms of chump change we're all in agreement with that we're fed up with the, the epl coming in with stupid like just stupid money for our players and it's like what are you doing just because of the level we play at but guys that brings us to the end of the show. It's been a long show and for that reason I'm not going to do a quiz because it's been a fantastic show filled with debate and I want to thank Ryan McGinley from the Celtic The Funder, the Funder podcast for coming back on, Ryan. Have you enjoyed it?
1: Yeah, it's been great fun. I'm, I'm glad I don't need to lose another quiz so I'm, I'm quite relieved <laughs> in that sense. But, um, no, it's been good fun. It's good to get some of my feelings out in the open regarding Celtic. They, they, they just scunner you but it's good to talk to some like-minded people about Celtic.
0: Yeah, 100%. And a big congratulations again to yourself, Francis, and your partner, Lynn. Thanks. On Cheers. The that you're expecting to be. Have you enjoyed this one?
3: Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. really
0: enjoyed yeah. that. And to yourself, John, the co-host. We always disagree, but we've managed to get the show on the road. Thanks again. I appreciate all the hard work you do. And until every, and until we speak again, everyone who's listening, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.